Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning. And welcome indeed to worship here at the Edmonds United Methodist Church. It is a great day for us to be together and as always a fabulous day to welcome and revel in community. So let's welcome those that are worshiping online with us as well. Welcome. My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor here and this this is uh, Lynn Heitritter, your liturgist of the day. And also one of our two lay leaders for this congregation. So welcome Lynn as well. Now, before we progress any further, I want to encourage you to fill out the Connect card. It is a QR code in the bulletin, and there may be some in the pews, though I was told that maybe there are a little bit sparse in the pews, but it, particularly if you have a prayer request, want to be able to hold those in prayer this week, so please let us know about those. And we want to, before we go any further, welcome our new organist, Song Hee Kim. Song Hee, welcome. Oh, right here. <laughs> We are thrilled to have you with us. All right, well, my friends, um, if you would now rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. Friends, welcome. Let us come together to worship the God of love. Let us love God. With heart and soul, with mind and strength, let us love God. Let us love our neighbors too. In equal measure, as we love ourselves, let us love our neighbors. For that is what it means to worship the God of love. And now, uh, before we progress, we always want to make sure we are greeting one another and reconciling our hearts to God and each other with the passing of peace. You may offer signs of peace in whatever forms are comfortable to you and to your partner. The peace of Christ be with you all.
You can come on up. Hi, Stevie. Okay, sit right here. We're gonna sit down right here. Good job. Then you can turn around so you can look up. Okay. Good morning, good morning. This morning, we're gonna talk a little bit about how we can help one another. <gasps> what did he say? I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. He needs water. How could all of us play a part in getting Daryl water? How could we all work together to help this fine man who needs some water? What can we do? We could fill the cup uh, with the water in the pitcher. <laughs> That's so interesting that it's just there on stage. <laughs> what else could we do? Anybody have any idea how every single one of us could take part to make sure he gets water? Yes. What do you think? We can pour water in the cup and give it to him. Ooh, we could pour water in the cup and get it to him. Do you think maybe we could make a line, just everybody all together, and we could pass the water down the line and make sure he gets it? Should we try it? Okay, there's Daryl. Let's try to form a line and see if we could just each help to make sure he gets some water. Okay, 
Yeah, you can, yes, you can be the front of the line. That'll help. Okay. Okay, how we doing? Did everybody, do you want to help? Here you go. Okay, yep. You can stand right over here. Okay, should we try to pass it? Just pass it down the line. Here, pass it to your sister. Pass it. Oh, yes. Good job. Keep passing it. Pass it to your neighbor. Good work. Oh, we're close. Pass it down. Good job. We all work together. Okay, let's say a prayer all together. You can sit down where you are. You can repeat after me. Thank you, God, for loving me. Exactly as I am. And for making me a part of a team. Amen. Okay, we're all going to walk to the library together. Oh, I almost forgot that we're doing things a little differently this morning. <laughs> the anthem will come a little bit later. So I want to introduce the scripture uh, which Lynn will read for us today. It comes from the Gospel according to Mark. And today's story falls within a series of conversations between Jesus and various religious leaders who are residing in Jerusalem. This is the final discussion initiated by those leaders, and it was actually a very common one. And in one sense, Jesus is no revolutionary in this text. Both he and the scribe who questioned him lay out their understanding of what is most important by quoting scripture. First, they quote Deuteronomy 6, which is known as the Shema, the standard daily prayer, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And then Jesus turns to Leviticus 19, a chapter which is devoted to describing what holiness is, and quotes this verse, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Here Jesus lays out a primary theological orientation that love for others is what clearly shows our love for God. It's no wonder that this was the last question that was asked. Who could top it? Let's listen now, I'm sorry, not Lynn, but as Ron reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church. Well, she had a part right. I am Lynn's husband. <laughs> and better known as Lynn's husband. <laughs> Please rise in whatever ways are meaningful to you for the reading of the scripture. 
The scripture lesson today is a reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 12, verses 28 through 34 in the Common English Bible. One of the legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. He came over and asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus replied, the most important one is Israel. Listen, our God is the one Lord and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The legal experts said to him, well said teacher, you have truthfully said that God is one and there is no other besides him. And to love God with all of the heart, a full understanding and all of one's strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much important than all kinds of entirely burned sac offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered with wisdom, he said to him, you aren't far from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks, thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation. and peace from God and from Jesus who calls us into community this day. Well, my friends, once more, take a breath. Take a deep breath right here, right now. Let it fill your lungs, take it deep into your belly and relish the hope and the energy of your breath telling you that you are alive. You're here right now, surrounded by your siblings in Christ, upheld by God's steadfast love. Well, this morning we continue our sermon series we're calling Take a Breath. In recent weeks, we've talked about breathing in and then about holding our breath. And today, it's all about breathing out. 
which is appropriate, since today we are going to take the next steps together in our strategic planning process as we seek to discern together what God is calling us to focus on as we work to name five priorities for the next five years. Today, you'll be hearing from the strategic planning team who will recap the work we've done so far, and that is the capital we, all of us together, have done this work. And then you'll hear about the work which is being hoped for by those outside these walls. Many of you have been instrumental in our strategy by engaging in one-to-one -one conversations with your neighbors and with community leaders to find out what our neighbors truly need and how we might continue to breathe out love for the sake of the world around us. Biblical scholar Walter Brueggemann recently wrote about the church's calling to breathe out love in this way. He said, a local church in our town has this on its street sign, love God, love your neighbor, stay safe. Now we all know that the first two commandments are the primary commandments for people of faith, right? We just heard that in the scripture which Ron read. The first from Moses found in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and the second from Jesus found in the text we heard today. But the third statement is not biblical. It is a reflection of the rising COVID rates, once again, and a suggestion that we all do what we can to keep from getting sick. Now, Brueggemann responded to this sign with a bit of indignation. He wrote, I have been shocked by the unambiguous contradiction between the first two and the third mandate. Of course, we want to be safe as we can be, which is why we use masks and get vaccinated and stay home if we're not well. But neither Moses nor Jesus told their followers to focus on safety. In fact, the Bible is filled with accounts of those who set out to love God fully. That is why Abraham left his homeland. And that is why Moses confronted Pharaoh. It's why the prophets addressed kings with mighty warnings and great threats. None of those were acts of safety. Brueggemann goes on to say, the mandate to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength has always evoked brave, risky behavior over the centuries. In like manner, the command to love your neighbor is not a directive to stay safe. We are not told to love our neighbor when it is convenient. We are told to love our neighbor as we love ourselves in every season and every circumstance.
You remember how Jesus set out the agenda for us when he said, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was in prison and you cared for me. These do not scream safety zones to me. Rather, they are the places that may be disordered and marginalized, where people are subject to exploitation or loneliness or fear. But that is precisely where neighbors are found. Just this past week, Ron and Lynn and Keith and I attended a district gathering to meet our new bishop and to give Bishop Cedric a bit of the sense of the ministry taking place around Puget Sound. Each church was asked to submit a snapshot of their work in advance, and then each was given three minutes to highlight a portion of that work. Well, you can guess how that went. <laughs> Yeah, three minutes became five minutes, which became for some eight minutes or 10 minutes. At one point I said to Ron and Lynn, who were sitting next to me, you're probably going straight to heaven for going through this meeting. <laughs> but when it was my turn to speak about Edmonds United Methodist Church, I wanted to be brief. I wanted to say something important. And what I ended up doing was letting the bishop know how great this congregation is because of your ability to breathe out love. You know, there have been a lot of pastoral changes here in the past four or five years. I'm just the latest in a long line of pastors, privileged to be in ministry with you. What I hope that you also know is that, and this is what I wanted Bishop Cedric to understand, this church has not let the passing parade of pastors get in the way of doing ministry. This is a church which understands the pastor is not the church. You, you are the church. And it doesn't really matter how many or how few may come and go, ministry goes on here in real and important ways. You know what it is to love God and to love your neighbor. Perhaps that is because you already know what Brueggemann goes on to suggest. Neighboring that has substance and staying power is not a safety pageant. The church is not and will not be sustained by those who stay safe. It is and will be sustained by those who embrace the first two commands and risk safety for the sake of God and neighbor. My friends, as we seek to identify five priorities for our work in the next five years, it is essential for us to pay attention to Jesus' two commands. 
We need to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we must love our neighbors as ourselves. I think Frederick Buechner put it best when he said, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deepest hunger meet. For that is where we will continue to breathe out love. Thanks be to God. Amen. I'd like to invite now Keith Score and Diana Nielsen, two of the three members of the strategic planning team, to come forward and to join me here to provide the rest of the sermon. Our third member of the team, Teresa Greco, is not able to be with us this morning, but we thank her for all of her work in producing the slides. Good morning, church. I'm Diana. Thank you. I, I hope you're feeling it. I hope you are feeling the energy in this room right now, in this church right now, because things are moving. The spirit is moving. And I see it in your faces. I see some questions in your faces, but I see an excitement. And we're here together to discern God's work for us in the coming years and where your skills and your experiences and your heart meets the needs of this church and this community is where we are on the verge of now. Can I have the first slide? Let's take the second slide now. So for those of you who have not been following our process, this is your moment to jump in. Uh, and we're gonna do a little recap. So go to the next slide. So we started this process back in June with an all-church meeting that 67 of you participated in, where we began this conversation of what brought you to this church, what are you excited about in this church, and what are your dreams for this church. And then in August, we compiled, or we sent out a survey to the church, and 112 of you responded to that. And we're gonna go over that briefly in just a minute. In September, we engaged in our conversations with our neighbors and community leaders. That brought some exciting information. Here we are in October, and today, this morning, Keith is going to um, show us some information and ideas and hopes and needs that our community presented to us. Now, our next step will be on Saturday, October the 11th, November the 11th, 
can't tell you how many times I've typed that and said that and see that got you all awake. So good, you know. November 11th, so in your bulletin is a registration form that you get to fill out today and put in the offering plate if you've not registered already. If you're thinking about registering, do it today because your voice is important and your participation is really wanted. If you think your voice is not as important as somebody else, you're wrong. Um, all right, so the next slide. So just a quick recap of, of our survey results, just to show you where um, our dreams are. 36 people, that's a little hard to read, isn't it? Okay, I'm gonna read it. 36 people want us to have a robust children, youth, and family program. That came in as number one in our dreams. 29 want to continue being a welcoming, inclusive, and diverse church with support for um, disabled folks and to marginalized members of our community. 24 wanted strong social, racial, environmental, and gender justice. 23 want us to engage in congregational growth and development, particularly young families and children. I think we like having kids around. We love having kids around. 21 want a more Christ, gospel, spiritually oriented church. 17 want a stable church leadership. <laughs> uh, 10 want strong congregational care, which I think we do better in this church than I've ever seen, and we want that to continue. Nine, want a strong music program, which we certainly have here. Eight, want us to really focus and develop church ministries, adult spiritual formation, small groups, and retreats. And seven, want us or dream about goodly leadership development and structure. Thanks, Diana. May I borrow your paper? I've... Yes, you may. Okay. <laughs> the screen is difficult. Can I have the next slide, please? So Diana comfortably shared with you the good news of how many dreams the people in this community have and where those dreams line up. And, and um, it gives us really a lot of things to think about, okay? You know, who are we today and who are we going to move into being as we move into the future? So then we reached out into the community to ask the community how a local church and the Edmonds Bowl, where we're located, and uh, how can we be of service to the community? And first of all, I'd like to thank those people that had the courage and go out and talk to the leaders in our community and to their neighbors and, and provide us the data that came back to us and then report to you what we heard from the community that in, in those conversations. We heard, and then think about how 
what we heard aligns with what our dreams are. And you know, if you're like me, you will recognize that, gee, some of these things kind of come together. Okay? So that's good news. So what we found is that seven of the respondents really felt that uh, the church can participate in supporting mental health, particularly for younger people and our students in our schools, uh, particularly up on the outside of the COVID pandemic that we've just endured. Uh, there's a lot of uh, need for that within our community uh, across the spectrum. Okay? Secondly, we heard from five people that encouraged us to have strong youth programs and activities for our youth and trying to create opportunities for youth in the community to join us in the work that we're doing in that area. We heard from five people that housing and rental assistance were important avenues that we could pursue to try to be of service to the unhoused in our community or the marginally housed in our community, the people that are staying with friends or, or sleeping in uh, relatives' garages where they you know, managed to jury-rig an a, a accessory dwelling in a garage. You know? uh, how, well, how can we fix that? Okay. We heard from people that food insecurity is an important thing. It was acknowledged that the ministry that we have had here for a long, long time in our food bank is an important service to the community. We should continue that, but we should also consider other ways that we may assist people that have uh, food insecurity in their lives. Four people told us that advocating for the marginalized people in our community, uh, that racial justice peoples, as, uh, people of di different ethnic uh, groupings, or people of di with different language skills, or people with different ability skills, um, to, to our work to, to those people is important in our community. And lastly, they encouraged us to continue the work that we do to support the, the immigrants and refugees and, and asylum seekers from across the world that are coming into our area. Hi, Chloe, how are you doing today? Okay, we're having fun. It's Phoebe. Phoebe, I'm sorry. Okay. No. Um, so th those are what we're hearing from the community, and, and we ask you to think about how those might align with what your dreams are, what the collective dreams of this community are. And we'll take those thoughts forward with us when we move into our strategic planning retreat next month on the 11th of November. Okay, bring those thoughts with you. So to get you prepared for that, I'd like to ask you right now to think about well, how can we have these discussions? Well, why not let's try one right now, okay? Think about, next slide, please. Okay. Gather in, I'm gonna use a fancy word here, gather in a small gaggle, okay? Three or four or five people around you in the pool, scoot over a little bit, turn around and face the people behind you and discuss the following question, okay? Given our stated dreams for the church, that Diana shared with you, and what we learned from the community's needs that I shared with you, what do you think God is calling Edmonds United Methodist Church to focus on for the next five years? Please spend a few minutes and talk it up a little bit. Thank you.
so friends. This is merely a foretaste of the glory that will be available to you on November 11th. And I want to thank you for engaging in worship in a little different way today and for sharing with one another as we continue down this path together. You know, I commented earlier this morning that there's a reason that geese fly in formation rather than alone, right? They can go farther faster when they are flying together and they take turns as the lead goose so that nobody gets overly tired. If you're worried about coming to the retreat because you don't feel like you want to be the lead goose, <laughs> let that go. Don't worry. Nobody is going to force you to do anything, to share anything, or to take on anything that you are not prepared to do. This is an effort for all of us together so that together we will fly farther, faster, and we will share God's love more effectively, even than we have been. Thank you. Let us continue now with the singing of the hymn. been listening with horror at some of the news of neighbors suffering around the world, and particularly this week in Israel and Palestine. So I thought it would be appropriate to begin with St. Francis' prayer for peace. Let us pray. Lord, make me make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, 
light, and where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. O God of comfort, send your spirit to encompass all those whose lives are torn apart by violence and death in Israel and Palestine. You are the advocate of the oppressed and the one whose eye is on the sparrow. Let arms reach out in healing rather than aggression. Let hearts mourn rather than militarize. And let all of us who are confounded by this latest war on our warring planet be instruments of your peace always and everywhere. We pray this in the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, praying together the prayer he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial. Deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now the liturgist invites you to a time of giving. As you're in the sanctuary, the plate will be passed by our lovely ushers. And for those of you online, you may give in one of two ways. You may go to the website, www.edmundsumc.org slash give, and there's a little button at the upper right-hand corner or you may mail a check to the church at 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington. And as Pastor Donna just talked about the world crisis, it's sometimes easy to feel hopeless and helpless. But I'm reminded that while I and you are only one, we are one. And while we cannot do everything, we can do something. And let us not let what we cannot do interfere with what we can do. So let us give generously for the work of God that we may promote peace. Thank you.
this morning and in the spirit of our sermon and our discussion and our inclusivity of everyone, uh, we're inviting you to participate with us as well in the offertory anthem. And so if you look in your bulletins and on the screens, there'll be lyrics for you to join in on the final verse of this anthem. It's probably not a familiar tune to everyone. And so you have three verses to learn it and listen from the choir uh, as, you, uh, as you hear their first three verses. And I'll turn around and invite you to join on the final stanza.
Let us pray. <clears throat> God of peace, we are confronted with so many overwhelming needs in our world. Walk with us as we set aside our own desires and wants and join the call to alleviate human suffering. Please transform these financial gifts into genuine acts of concern and ministry to others. In the name of Jesus, we ask your blessing on our gifts. Amen. Please be seated. I have a few announcements this morning. Uh, first of all, the thought has occurred to several folks in the congregation that the war in uh, Gaza is lifting up a lot of emotions and concerns and questions. And so if you would like to have a little brief conversation and hear um, a little bit of information that's coming out of Palestine, um, Dick Gibson and Cheryl Hay are uh, inviting you to come into the um, chapel immediately following worship or after you get a, a cup of coffee or tea and a little refreshment. Um, come in and have a conversation and uh, learn a little bit more um, if you would like. Also, next Sunday, uh, right after worship, is the beginning of a three-part series on caring for the caregiver. And if you are currently uh, caring for someone or think at some point that you might be, or if you know of someone who is in that position right now um, or might in the future, um, I'd like to encourage you to come and participate in this. It's gonna, there's gonna be a lot of really good information and also an opportunity to support one another. It does start next week, right? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Joan over here. And if you've not yet registered, there's still time to register. You can go online or you can uh, speak with Joan Holloway or Carol McGennady and uh, they can get you signed up. So um, it's a great series. You won't want to miss it. Um, secondly, you'll note in the bulletin that there's a, a request if you uh, served in the, any uh, branch of the military armed forces and would like to be pictured in our slideshow on uh, the Sunday that we'll celebrate um, uh, Veterans Day, that's what it is, sorry, uh, get those pictures in and there's information on how to do that in the bulletin. Um, and then, let's see. What's happening on November 11th? <laughs> the strategic planning retreat. Don't forget to register for that. Hopefully you've put your registration form in the offering plate. If you missed that, there's still time. Also on November 11th in the evening, uh, right here in the sanctuary, uh, the Evergreen Ensemble will be presenting a concert. And if you were at the last one, you'll know that that's not to be missed either. Uh, so make a whole day of it uh, in the morning, have some uh, good conversation in the evening, some excellent music, and uh, you will be blessed. And I believe that may be all, oh, no, no, I forgot one thing. Yeah, sorry. I think um, Pastor Donna forgot an announcement.
down and all, I hope you know that uh, the love is mutual. Oh, well, um, <clears throat> here is uh, another Donna bearing gifts from the congregation. Oh. Now, I will um, sort of illuminate this. This is uh, in honor of the sermon series, Just Breathe. I love it. Yes, yes. For your desk. Yes. For your desk. And, oh, now this was... I hope you, um, when, <laughs> when Pastor Donna said that her baby, her grandbaby was born, the baby's name was Ruth, but she kept saying baby Ruth. So this is a basket of baby Ruth candy for baby Ruth, and her picture, baby Ruth's picture is on the front. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, that's, that's precious. <laughs> And these gorgeous flowers are a gift from Donna. There is a gift card here for you for Anthony's um, evening restaurant. Oh my goodness. And lots and lots of love and cards that I hope it takes you weeks to read them. Thank you. Yes, and so we're just gonna sit this over to the side. <clears throat> and we would like to ask you to be seated, please. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. You're always asking us to be seated, yes, so now we're asking you to be seated. having a little uh, technical difficulty. <laughs> Instant replay. Sweet 
dreams are made of these. Who am I to disagree? I've traveled the world and the seven seas. Everybody's looking for something. Tina Turner started occupying my mind and provided a sort of soundtrack for sermon writing. love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a second-hand emotion? What's love got to do, got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? song I wrote you might want to sing it note for note don't worry be happy don't worry be happy don't worry be happy don't worry be happy
pastors like this who preach the word and flow with the spirit. Now my life is better than I ever could have wished. No, there ain't nothing better than pastors like this. Ain't nothing better than a church like this where the word and the spirit flow with no hindrance. Now my life is better than Thank you all. That last song was absolutely right. Ain't nothing better than a church like this. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I think we're done now. <laughs> One more thing. One more thing. We just have a little bit of a special treat at coffee hour. Uh, we have a donut wall because we donut knew, know what we would do without you. Oh. <laughs> So now we're finished. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're Thank welcome. you. Oh, this is so fun. Okay, so I guess we're waiting on a benediction then, right? <laughs> oh, we have a closing hymn. <laughs> oh, there's that. Let's sing. <laughs>
Now, my friends, let us go out to be God's people in all God's world. Let us go out breathing out love wherever we are, wherever we go. And may the peace of Christ go with us all. Amen. Oh dear.